Hi, this is Beth Jones at Tablet on My Heart, and I'm so glad that you stopped by here today. Today we are going to have a great show. We'll be talking about one of my favorite stories in the Bible that is dear to my heart, and it's about Hannah and her son Samuel. The title of today's podcast is A Hannah Heart, How to Have Victory on Your Knees. While you're online, be sure to visit my website at www.bettjones.net. There you'll find articles, blogs, podcasts, and videos to encourage you in your daily walk with God. Learn to tap into the power of prayer. Discover your life purpose and pursue your passion. Be sure to sign up for my easing there at the top of the page on the right-hand side and receive your free special report, Being Who You Were Created to Be. Well, let's go ahead and get started. I just want to dedicate this time in prayer. God, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I pray that your anointing would be upon me. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would get me out of the way and that you would bless every listener. God, we just want to hear your voice. Speak to our hearts, I pray. Give us revelation, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, Hannah and her son Samuel are one of my favorite stories in the Bible. God actually gave me that story when our youngest daughter Leah was born. My doctor who delivered my baby um, Dr. Leanne Tatar gave me that story and I really felt like it was from the Lord and she said I just felt like the Lord gave me the story for you that was the night before Leah was born and God has confirmed that to me again about Leah's calling like Samuel I love Hannah and Samuel's one of my favorite prophets in the Bible he's an inspiration to us for prayer for judging righteously for really seeking to hear God's voice clearly and prophesying the true pure word of the Lord speaking God's word boldly and I want to read today out of 1 Samuel 1 chapter 1 and then share what I believe God wants me to share with you today so this is 1 Samuel chapter 1 to verse 20 now there was a certain man of Ramathame Zophan of the mountain of Ephraim and his name was Elkanah the son of Jerome the son of Elbu, the son of Tahu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives, the name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloah. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. So here this man Elkanah is is he has this he has two wives and one of them has children and Hannah does not Hannah cannot conceive and this other woman this what other wife is provoking Hannah taunting her and each year they are going up to the temple to worship the Lord and Hannah would just cry she wouldn't eat she would fast then Elkanah her husband said to her Hannah why do you weep why do you not eat and why is your heart grieved am I not better to you than ten sons and you can imagine 
the pain that Hannah's husband must have felt that he just wasn't enough. He was not good enough. All she was focused on was that baby, was having that child. And we women can get pretty obsessed about things. But this is the way the husband felt is, am I not better to you than ten sons? And we go on and read in verse 9. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and, and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of his tag- of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. And she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And so let me just explain that a little bit. What Hannah was doing was basically consecrating that that baby as a Nazarite to the Lord because he would not not having a razor on his head, not shaving and being dedicated to the Lord. That was a Nazarite type consecration. We go on and read in verse 12, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. I think that part is so funny now hannah spoke in her heart only her lips moved but her voice was not heard therefore eli thought she was drunk so eli said to her how long will you be drunk put your wine away from you but hannah answered and said no my lord i am a woman of sorrowful sorrowful spirit i have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink but have poured out my soul before the lord do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman for out of the abundance of my complaining grief i have spoken until now then eli answered and said go in peace and the god of israel grant your petition which you have asked of him and she said let your maidservant find favor in your sight So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. And what I love about this story, you know, like I said, Hannah and her son Samuel are one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And what I love about the story is that Hannah is the picture of an everyday woman. She was nobody special, nobody great, didn't have these incredible spiritual gifts. She was just a woman who had a heart after God. And I relate a lot to Hannah. She had a passionate, deep desire in her in her soul nobody else nothing else would satisfy the desire that was in her heart she wanted a son her own child and I I relate to her passion for God I also relate to her because she was greatly afflicted by the enemy the enemy Elkanah's wife um, Peninnah and I want to hold on just a second I want to check on something because I had actually looked something up wrong and I don't want to give you some some wrong information here i what i'm doing is looking at the hebrew the hebrew meaning of penna's name real quick i'd actually misspelled that so i don't want to give you the wrong information okay let's see hmm okay her name actually means pearl and hannah's name Hannah's 
the origin of Hannah's name actually means favor or grace. So are you a woman in need of God's grace and favor? Hannah was afflicted. She was taunted by Elkanah's other wife because she had children and Hannah could not conceive. And back in those days, it was important to have children. It was a sign of God's blessing on your life. It was a way the family inheritance passed down through the generations. It was a way a good name passed through families down the generations. To be barren was seen as a curse in that society. Hannah's name meant favor or grace. Are you in need of God's grace? Are you in need of God's favor? Do you want to have a heart of God's favor like Hannah did? Now, Elkanah was a man who was from the mountains of Ephraim. And the meaning of the Hebrew name Ephraim is debated. One meaning from Jones Dictionary of the Old Testament Proper Names and the NOBS Study Bible is from Genesis 41:52, And it means, for God has made me fruitful. Another meaning is twofold increase or doubly fruitful. We've heard of the double portion blessing or I am twice fruitful and I thought that was just awesome. And that come that information comes from the website www.abarim-publications.com www.abarim-publications.com slash meaning slash ephraim dot html and meaning and ephraim are capitalized just the first letter so at the beginning of the story we see that hannah is a woman just like us she has needs she's got problems she's got struggles she's got things in her hearts that she, that she's wanting just like we've got things in our heart that we're wanting and where does she go to with these needs and desires well hannah's husband Elkanah cannot help her. He can't fix it. As much as we want a man to fix things sometimes, as good as he is, sometimes our husbands cannot fix the issue. They cannot fix the problem. He even offered her double portions, trying to show her how much he loved her. But it was not enough. Hannah's friends couldn't help her, as great as women friends can be. And don't you know, sometimes we can go to our girlfriends, go to lunch or coffee with them. We can have a good cry there at Starbucks. A lot of times we feel so much better after doing that, after going out and having coffee with a with a friend. But sometimes even that isn't enough because it goes too deep. The pain's too much. Hannah even goes to the temple and she has a good cry there. And there the priest Eli's watching her. He's he's looking at her and he thinks she's been drinking. She even goes to church, and she doesn't find any comfort there. Well, how many times have you and I done that? Gone to church, and we didn't feel any better because nobody noticed us. It was like we were invisible. Nobody cared. They didn't even come up to talk to you. Or else they talked to you, and they misjudged you about something. They thought bad of you about something. Or they gave you pat religious answers for your problems. When Eli rebukes Hannah for being drunk, she doesn't get all huffy and walk off offended. Instead, she takes a chance and she tells him in verse 15 that she's got sorrow in her heart, that she's hurting. And she asks him not to think of her as an ungodly woman, but to understand she's in pain. She's hurting. She wants a baby. 
and I'm sure many of you who've never been able to have a child or have miscarried can relate to this. I've got several friends who have miscarried. I've got a family member who did, and it was a really painful thing for them. And they've told me how empty it made them feel. Nothing could take the pain away. It would be even worse for someone who went to have a baby and they couldn't conceive. The definition of barren, like Hannah was barren, is not producing offspring, a lack of vegetation, unproductive of results or gain, unprofitable, empty, void, or lacking interest. So maybe you've never been barren physically. Maybe you haven't gone through not being able to have a baby. But maybe you've been spiritually barren, empty inside, searching for God. Maybe you still haven't found what you're looking for. Maybe you've never met Jesus. If you haven't, I invite you to, to, to ask him today. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus is my best friend. Maybe you have struggled with being unproductive or unprofitable in your business or ministry. Barren there. Something you're really wanting to accomplish and you're just not there yet. It's really frustrating, isn't it? Maybe you feel empty, confused, lost, or hurt. You don't know what to do. And nothing will satisfy you until that ache is gone, that emptiness inside of you, that dark black hole is filled up, that need and that desire is met. Well, that's how Hannah felt. And she explained this to Eli the priest. She told him what she wanted, why she was there. She had been pouring out her heart to God. She didn't hold back from God. She was real with him. He knew what she was thinking and feeling anyway. She did not pretend everything was just fine. And have you ever gone to church and had someone come up to you and say, Well, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. But you're not fine. Well, Hannah was not fine either. Sometimes we're not fine. We're not okay. We might try to put on a mask because we don't want to have to talk again about our pain. Or we're embarrassed to let people know what a mess our lives really are. When we're supposed to be an example of a godly Christian person or a godly Christian leader. Or we don't know who to turn to with the awfulness of the situation we're in. The deep pain that is inside of us. The only place Hannah could go to was to God. And that is the only place, dear friends, that we can go to with our pain, with our desires, our needs. Jesus is the only true answer to everything. Jesus is all that satisfies us. He's what satisfies us. He's the only place we can go. He's the only thing that ever will satisfy us. We might try to look for it in different places. We can look for love in the wrong places. We can chase after shiny objects. We can look for it in money or success. But we can't take any of that with us. Only God will fill us up. Only that close, intimate relationship with God. Hannah poured out her heart to God. She cried out to him, and she promised she would dedicate him to God all the days of his life if God would give her a male child. Now, this was not a light promise because it meant that Hannah wouldn't even get to raise him. She would have to take him to the temple to stay there. She wouldn't be able to raise him by herself, but she was willing to make that sacrifice just to be able to hold that precious little baby in her arms, her own little baby, for that short season of time. And it's the same way in our lives with our kids. We only hold them in our arms for a short season, and then it's over. So that's why we need to make the most of our time. 
Hannah did not care if God thought she was mad or upset or pitiful or ungrateful for her good husband and all the other blessings in her life that God had poured into her life. She knew what she wanted and she went after it, just like the woman with the issue of blood who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She had to touch God. Prayer was the place she could do that. The Bible says in Lamentations 2.19, Rise during the night and cry out. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to Him in prayer, pleading for your children, for in every street they are faint with hunger. So pour out your heart before God, and you will have victory in Him. After Hannah went to the temple and prayed, and she had poured out her heart to God, the priest Eli told her that God had heard her requests. She would have a son by the next year. God had given Eli the word of the Lord. It had weight. It had authority. It was a done deal because God had already seen the future. After Eli told Hannah this, she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. See, Hannah no longer had to fast and pray. She didn't have to keep pleading with God. God had heard her prayer. She believed God, and she worshipped God the next morning with her husband, and she went home. It says, They came to their house at Ramah. Well, Ramah means high place. That's the original meaning of that word. And Habakkuk 3.19 says, The Lord God is my strength, and he has made my feet like hinds feet, and made me walk on my high places. God wants you to get God wants to give you high places for you to walk on, places where your foot can tread in authority. The Bible says that Elkanah knew Hannah. That means they had sex, they they were intimate with each other, and then it says the Lord remembered her. Dear friend, did you know that God remembers you? That he never forgets about you? That his eye is on you like it is on every little sparrow? Matthew 10, 29-31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. God sees every little sparrow on earth, which is just incredible. It's mind-blowing when you think about it. He sees every one of them. But the Bible says you are so much more valuable than the sparrows. God remembered Hannah. He saw her as she wept before him and poured out her heart. He heard her cries to him, and he gave her the desires of her heart, her baby Samuel. Hannah kept her promise to God. She didn't change her mind after she had the baby. She dedicated him to God all the days of his life, and he became one of the greatest men in the Bible, one of the Bible's greatest prophets. Samuel heard God's voice from a very early age, even as a child. Samuel heard God's voice. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3:19 that Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Now that meant that whatever Samuel prophesied, whatever he spoke, it came to pass because he had been in the prayer closet. He had been praying and hearing God's voice and then he spoke it. He shared what God put on his heart, what God spoke to him there. Well, I want to encourage you, there is victory on your knees. Go before God. 
pour out your heart before him and he will hear your prayers he will answer you great and mighty things they will not be wasted tears it won't be a waste of time for you to pray your enemy will stop provoking you because God is listening God cares he loves you and he is about to answer you are about to see your victory in Christ whatever your problem is whatever your struggle is whatever your heartache is go to God today and he is waiting just for you there is victory on your knees I want to thank you for stopping to buy today at BethJones.net and be sure to sign up for my easing there at the top of the page on the right hand side. Receive a free special report. I have got some exciting things coming out like my webinar on February 2nd at 11 a.m. Central Time and now I'm also writing a new ebook on women and spiritual warfare. So be sure to go to my website at BethJones.net. The the graphic for my webinar is there on the front page. All you have to do is click on that and it will take you straight to the video page where you can opt in and sign up for that webinar. There's still time. There's women already signing up for there. It's going to be great. Also, be sure to get on my easing update list so you'll hear all the latest details about my upcoming ebook. I'm so excited about that ebook. There's eight women contributing their stories to it, and God's hand is on this ebook. I am so excited about it. Well, if you have any comments on this podcast today, you can comment below or you can email me at elizabethdjones at gmail.com. God, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you, and I praise you right now that you would bless them with all your blessings from above. I thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. God, I just pray that you would be with us, and you would lead and guide us by your Spirit, and we would give you honor with our lives. In Jesus' name, seal this word, Lord. Amen.